0: What is going on society members welcome to the underground society podcast a show that helps you achieve your goals in the EDM industry I'm your host Justin McGarry and I invite you to join me as I discover the challenges the professional industry had to overcome In order to start building their careers and finding success Developing any sort of project in the music industry is not easy You have to have a cohesive brand, know how to network, learn how to market yourself on social media, and create content that not only adds value to you But the audience you're building along the way but What if someone is trying to take creative control over your project and what you ultimately want to create for yourself? The mere thought of this scares the shit out of me. And I personally would never want someone else to be able to tell me what I could and couldn't create. Now, that's not to say I don't want feedback and suggestions from my audience because I love the feedback that you guys give me. And I wanna tailor this podcast to what you guys wanna see from us. But for someone to try and tell you what you can and can't create is a whole other story. And that is exactly what our guest, Justin Gent, had to battle as he began growing his project into what we know him as today. In this episode, we discuss how he even got as far as firing his entire team and his thoughts on what the true role of a manager is, because at the end of the day, a manager should work for the artist and not the other way around. So I hope you enjoy this one. Now let's get into it. This episode is sponsored by AirVDM. VDM. Air is your premier electronic dance music brand. a printed a little magazine, lifestyle inspired subscription box, and full production event company. Air has been forging the future of EDM for over five years now, and produces only the finest content, events, and apparel for EDM fans worldwide. Curated for ravers by ravers. Visit eraofedm.com, that is E-R-A-O-F-E-D-M.com, to join the movement and see how you can get involved. Now enjoy the episode.
1: Justin Gent, welcome to the Underground Society podcast, man. It's a pleasure having you here. I've been, I've been a fan of your music for a long time, so it's awesome to be able to talk to you.
2: Thanks, homie. So good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hell
1: yeah! Um, so can you can you give us a little backstory? I feel like a lot of people know your music, but not too much about who you are as a person. So can you just give us a little like background of like who you are, who Jake is? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just just a normal just a normal man. Uh, I'm from a place called Maitland in um, Australia. It's New South Wales, Australia, and mm-hmm. I have pretty much been making music forever. I was DJing and doing my thing. And then I started the, I, you know, I went through plenty of aliases and that, and you know, different styles and that. And then I just sort of made just a gent, but I just sort of, you know, channeled my sci-fi influence, my, my dubstep influence, my trance influence all into this one sort of like place, which was the just a gent project. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been trying things for so long and then you try this one thing and then all of a sudden it's just like, woohoo, It just yeah, like the universe. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is telling me like, yeah, you finally figured it out, man. Awesome. Uh,
1: you, I was doing some research on you and you started at a really, really young age. Your dad was in music, right?
2: Yeah. So my dad's a singer songwriter, plays in the band. Okay. Like he, he doesn't do it as a career, he just does it as a side hustle, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, so I got into music production when I was like around nine or 10 um, and like, Loop loop production, you know, just dragging loops in and like right. um, making sort of beats out of loops and that. Um, so yeah, I've been doing it for like almost fifteen, sixteen years now.
1: Wow, that's that's yeah, yeah it's been a long time. So you're what mid mid twenties now?
2: Mid twenties now, twenty five okay. now. Yeah.
1: You brought up that you you started with some different aliases and stuff like that. Um, what kind of like inspired you to create the Just a Gent project? When did that idea of the project, a new project, kind of come about?
2: Um, I can't actually even really tell you what, why, I, why I did it. Hey, I think I just, um, I was ready for a change. And and me and my friends used to call ourselves the gents like and dress up and stuff. So I mm. definitely channeled that. But I also just like the idea of like just a gent, like just a man, just a, like that's all it is, but it just like, it just hits, it hits so hard. Um, and then like, but like the sound and that, it was all just kind of like, yeah, it's all kind of happens. But then like the actual name and the, and the timing of it and everything, I don't know. It was just kind of literally, man, it was just a, it was just a one thought popped into my head and I'm just like, okay. Let's just do it. And it I just think works. it's awesome. You,
1: it, it's a it's a great way. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask you about your branding, but I, I think it's a it's an awesome kind of idea. When you're like, oh, you know, every project, especially professional projects, needs like a solid like cohesive brand. And I think Justedgen is like so unique and like you've done a very good job with that. Um, but it, you also said that you drew some inspiration from your your um, your sci-fi interests, and I yeah. think that plays a lot into like a lot of your artwork and stuff. And I want to ask you Absolutely. about like how do you get that done? Do you do that?
2: yourself yeah so i i work with a guy named john Hrubec, and okay. um he's just a you know he's he's kind of like me but uh visual artist. not a not a we have a very similar sort of mm-hmm. wavelength and taste um and so i i hit him up years ago when i first started the project i was like dude this is the this is the the style that i really want my sound to be with because like obviously when i make the sound i have like the, the vision as well you know in my head so pretty much what i do to it is i just like bring him a brief or i bring him like a a Microsoft paint sketch or me just like drawing in a journal, (laughs) like, or just like rough ideas, even, you know, like specific ideas. And we sort of just go back and forth and do it that way. Cause I'm, I'm okay at, at doing the the visuals uh-huh. myself, but he he's just that extra level, you know. So. Yeah, your
1: your artwork is freaking nuts, man! Especially like the, the Thanks, Element dude. Thirteen. Uh, yeah, the autopilot. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit, that dude, one I love that art.
2: <laughs> yeah, that one hits hard. I Actually, uh, yeah. So that one was all about like VR and like the, the yeah. state of humanity. Like, everyone's living in autopilot, and it's only going to get worse and shit. Like, I also got a tattoo, man. Like VR skull. Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I went deep when that autopilot EP came out, so
1: yeah that's sick um how because you you didn't end up going to college you you went no. you dropped out of high school even and didn't so did. started pursuing music full-time I with did. your dad being in the music industry was that kind of helpful or like what were your parents kind of thoughts about you dropping out of high school and going to music
2: <laughs> well funnily enough i think because dad was in the industry he was kind of like nah man like you, there's no money in music you know there's no yeah. money in music you can't leave school and do music because he's for so long you know done the gigs and, that and like it's, he makes money on the side and that, like, you know, decent money from music, but he's like, you can't have a career in music because whatever. So he was kind of like a bit like, Oh, I shouldn't do it. But then mum was mm-hmm. like, nah, 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 nah. He's, he's, this is it. Because we, at the time I was in um, year 11, um, which was like the second last year of, of high school yeah, before yeah. college and that. And um, I had the opportunity to come and tour the States. Right. So it was like, I could tour the States for four mm. months, or start my HSC, which is like the final exams of school. And I was like, eh, like, I don't really care about school anymore. <laughs> yeah. And like, dude, even the teachers, some of the teachers that knew my music, because like they knew I was good, they knew it was really nice, they were like, nah, you shouldn't be at school. <laughs> like some of the teachers were egging like, me to leave as well, Damn. man. So I had support from everyone to sort of do it. And like, I'm, no regrets man. Best that decision was a, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That was a
1: big like confidence boost I'm sure like having your mom on your side and like basically telling you to do it and yeah. I, I mean even like you said another layer on top of that like the teacher's telling you to that to do that. Exactly. And without stories. I probably
2: all, wouldn't have, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I hear stories all the time where it's like like the teachers like tell people like, oh, you won't amount to anything. Like this is just a dumb idea. Like you're just a stupid kid, blah, blah, blah. Like you hear that more often than like the teachers like actually push it. Do you think, do you think that's like a, that's a cultural thing at all? Cause I feel like in the States that like never happens.
2: Um, I think it is, but I also think it's just people dependent. Like I had a music teacher who, who didn't support it, but then it's like the art teachers supported it and stuff like that. (laughs) So it's just like, I think it depends on the teacher what they teach because like obviously yeah. an art teacher gets it you know whereas yeah. <laughs> like a history teacher might be like yeah stay in school i don't know yeah. <laughs> and also yeah culturally like australia is very good at um we're all like in it together you know i, I feel like that's yeah. one thing that is good here is like everyone's not everyone fucking of course not everyone but a, a lot of people are here to just like help each other grow you know and that's right. that's good
1: So take me to the point of like your first, what would you say your first big break was like, what was your first big opportunity that really like helped you climb that trajectory that you had?
2: Yeah. Like where did it all sort
1: of start? Yeah. I think,
2: um, I think it was like, um, like dubstep.net, like the edm.com EDM network. Uh They posted, um, like one of my tracks that I put up, they like reposted it. And like at the time they were quite a big, they were quite a big platform. Um, this was like, I don't know if, if you even followed this kind of scene back then. In the, oh, in yeah. the early sound. Yeah. yeah. So like, yep. you would have remembered Dubstep.net, man. You would have got your downloads from there and yep. stuff. Like, so when, when, they, when they put it up, obviously a bunch of people heard Just a Gent. They liked the name. They liked the brand. And one guy um, my, who ended up managing me for a bit, his name was Ethan. He used to manage Sound Remedy. Do you remember Sound Remedy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he came to me and he was like, yeah, man, I manage Sound Remedy. Who at the time was like one of my biggest you know, influences for sure. I was, I was yeah, listening to Sound Remedy every day. Um, so I was like, dude, what the heck? Like, <laughs> me up. Um, and then he sort of like, you know, he really guided me and really helped me for a long time and like opened up a lot of doors for me. And, you know, obviously the music was ready to go. So he's just kind of showed me how to actually like spread the music. Mm. And we worked together for years. And then he, he ended up starting a record label um, called Arista,
0: okay. which is
2: like a subsidiary of Sony. So he's killing it now, but we no longer work together. But... Yeah, he um, he pretty much just showed me how to do it, and then like once once I brought him on board, like this song is sick. Help me all these other publications and stuff, and like back then blogs were important. Like people actually cared Dude, about blo- yeah. That stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know well, how
1: how how YouTube and you know podcasts are now today. We're serving the same purposes like a blog did back. Yeah. you know ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. We've sort of switched to more of a. Um, entertaining format rather than just reading it, which is yeah. cool for sure. But like back then, like that was the way in. And, um, and back then everyone was going to do it for like free and stuff. And then everyone started like charging for their blog posts yeah. and all that crap. So that's when it all sort of fell apart for me in that side of things. But, um, yeah, that was pretty much it, man. That's pretty much how it started. And like, obviously it was just like a domino effect after that, you know, just everything started happening.
1: Wait, how long until, cause the first Thing that I've ever that I ever saw of yours um, was when Nightmare um, did your did the remix of Limelight. How long in, into your project did that happen?
2: Ah, uh, that would have been probably about a year or two into the project. Um, okay. So, like, we found Tyler's music because um, he was still he,
1: Nightmare wasn't Nightmare who we know today. He was like tr- probably fresh out of school. Like, he was just starting. His he project was young. Too, right? Yeah, he was fresh out of school. Yeah.
2: He was young. He like hit us up. He was like. You know, we, we like the sound, like this is what we're doing as well. Like, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, dude, let's do a remix. Will you do a remix for me? Like we'll do a collab and stuff. We worked on a bunch of things, man. We have some, they're old now. Like this is like yeah. so long ago. You know, <laughs> you know, I still keep in touch with Tyler. I still see him every now and then when we're in the same town and that, but um, that's awesome. He, yeah. He was really just getting started just finding his sound. And so like neither of us expected like, fuck man, no one expected that song to like go what, it did you know do what yeah, it did, which is blew up <laughs> yeah like no one no one would have ever you know we were like this is so sick but we didn't expect that so yeah yeah yeah
1: was there any pressure to kind of like follow like a tune like that up or like what was your kind of headspace like after nah, that happened <laughs>
2: I, I, i've never really felt like that man like I, okay. i've kind of always been under the under the belief that like if it's going to work it's going to work you know like i yep people and, I, and if you challenge if i put too much pressure on myself i'd never want to put music out because it'd always be that like Oh, it's not going to be as good as the last one, but yeah, I don't really yeah. care. Hey, like, <laughs> not everything's going to work and, and everyone has different tastes. And like that that track, like I said, I never, ex- I always loved it, but I never expected it to mm-hmm. be the one that people liked. I thought it was like too, too far left, you know, almost. Yeah. It was so different. So yeah, man, it's hard. And then like on that Party EP we were talking about, right? The um, one with the, with the VR goggles and stuff, like mm-hmm. Sub-Zero, the song on that Sub-Zero like has done- one of my. One of my crazy favorite things, songs, man. Not... Thank you very yeah. much. But like, <laughs> yeah. I never, like, I love it, but I never expected it to be like doing crazy things. Like it just, mm. it's, it's weird, right? Like you just can't pick them. You can't pick them.
1: Was there ever like a lull or kind of like a, like a dip in between that time? Or has it always been kind of a steady climb for you?
2: I think there was a dip. There was definitely a creative okay. dip. And I think that might've been just because I was surrounding myself with the wrong people and like, mm. and forgetting why I was doing it in the first place. because. Yeah, when when a bit of success does start to happen, I think it gets a bit confusing whether you're an artist or you're a business, and like what you're actually here for in the first place. And like everyone was just trying to make a bit of money, and everyone was trying to you know keep it keep it getting bigger and bigger. But then it's like, I I just want to make art. I just want to make beats. Like I don't really care too much. Like we were talking to all these major labels, and like they all were offering these crazy deals, and like and it was just kind of that 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 was what slowed me down because I was like getting all this weird pressure and creative sort of block blockage, I guess. Um, so yeah, that was a lull for sure, but that was more, um, not a, not a, I was still creating the music, but we just weren't putting music out because we were just right. trying to figure out what just a gem was going to be and how it, yeah. to make it the best it could be. But
1: how did you, how did you choose ultimately between, cause I know like, like obviously at the end of the day, it's art regardless, but like you, there's kind of almost two paths. One is like, okay, we're going to make this like a huge, like almost like corporate style business for this artist project versus like. I just really want to create whatever the fuck I want to create. Like how, exactly. did, how did you choose between that?
2: Followed my heart, bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just followed yeah. what I knew was right, you know, and like I don't yeah. care about, I, I, wanna, I want my music to be heard. Like I, I know that that's, that's, that's important to me and I want that to be like, I want it to spread, of course. Like I want people to hear my mm-hmm. sounds, but I also like don't give a shit if I have to work part-time to make it happen as well. Yeah. You know? yeah. I would yeah. rather do that instead of put all the pressure on myself to be having to make money from music. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you change genres along the way,
1: right? From what you originally were making, what were for you? For sure, for what sure. What did you start out making, and how did that progress into what we know, of Just a Gent today? Well,
2: I, when I first started making music, it was mostly hip hop. Um, okay, and then I like and then I just think like that's
1: how how a lot of people start, and like yeah, especially bass music. For yeah. sure,
2: for sure. <laughs> and then I found like EDM. You know, I found progressive house. I found Dead Mouse. I found you know, Axwell, <laughs> I found mm-hmm. like all these mm-hmm. people and I just got obsessed, man. Like, you know, I was listening to Daft Punk and I growing up. So like when I heard this other stuff, like the new age electronic, I was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> this is like alien, alien music, man. It's alien music. It's too perfect. And anyway, so like I just like strove to make that progressive house sort of sound like that Elect- electro even like, you know, I- I'm not really sure what you yeah, call yeah. it. It's like hard hitting 128 stuff. Um, and yeah. I made that for years and years and years under my own name, Jacob Grant. Um, and then, and then for just a Jen, just a Jen was like the dubstep spinoff of whatever that was like, like not dubstep, you know, but like, yeah, just
1: bass music. That meets yeah.
2: dubstep, like, uh,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Axwell and, um, Avicii meets dubstep. Like that's what I was trying to like go for. Cause that was like what I wanted to make. And then and now you have this like cool
1: kind of like almost like trappy type. It's not even really like true yeah, dubstep. It's almost it, like it uh, went
2: trappy. Cause I started using like smallest, tighter snares and like the ting instead of like a um, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And then yeah, but like at this point, man, I don't really make I feel like I don't even make genres anymore. I don't like stick to stick to you it. You just make whatever you want. <laughs> I just make whatever Yeah, I just like sort of let it write itself now, which is and then I'll and then sometimes at the end, like I'll let the song write itself and I'll just create it and just let it let it flow. And then at the end I'll sort of give it more of a cohesive genre. Not a genre, but a cohesive sound and like make it more of a trap snare or something and instead of just like some random plonk or something yeah. you know to give it to make people be able to relate to it is what i mean right 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 otherwise it's just a complete crazy mess of melodies starting and living and growing up in australia how did you go about because I, I don't i haven't
1: talked to too many artists that like have like built a fan base in like other countries necessarily um once you get to a certain level obviously it just kind of naturally happens but like how did you take your music from just like being an australian to like now you like you have a fan base like a pretty solid fan base in the united states
2: what was that process like um, well, it was pretty seamless cause the internet exists, you know, like right, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the crazy I really part. Like I, I didn't really like try. It just kind of happened. And like, even yeah. in Australia, like the fan base, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of switched cause a lot of people grew up and like they grew out of that taste of music. Here. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy how quick Aussies change their taste in music. Whereas <laughs> I feel like a lot of Americans, they really, if they're into EDM, they're into EDM for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so like, they are just more passionate, man. Like, I think you're like an American and like, that's, and SoundCloud was so big there. And, um, yeah, I can't really explain how it happened, but it did happen. And like, it sucks because it's, I'm struggling to sort of connect with those people in America right now, because I don't have a visa. I got to get a visa and I got to get over there and play some shows and that, because otherwise I'm going to like lose them before they've (laughs) left the EDM scene too. So (laughs) yeah, I'm really trying to like get over there next year or. Even like the end of this year, if I can.
1: If you ever come to California, I would love to see you actually perform live. Dude, yeah, I've never see. actually seen a set of yours. Um, mm. uh, what would you say some of the major differences are, at least like music wise, from Australia
2: and the United States? I think um, in Australia too, I think we just like, they do say there's something in the water here. They, they do say that. Um, but I think we're just like always striving to be a bit more like, we're very creative in Australia. I feel like we're always just doing our own thing. Whereas I think in America, not all the time, there's still so many creative artists, but I think a lot of the time, the people who start to make it are the ones who are just like playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think many Australians play the game. I think, whereas Americans love to play the game. You know what I mean by that? Like, I, yeah. I don't really know how else to explain other than that. Um, like, they're just like obeying a formula. They're like putting out things that they think people are going to like to be successful. They're not just doing their thing. They're not just playing their game. They're not just I, in their lane.
1: I do notice that. Like, there's only a handful of artists that I can think of that really like that are have similar projects to to yours, where like they'll make the drum and bass track, they'll make a trance track, yeah, they'll make yeah. a dubstep yeah. track, and, and it's like, not
2: even the genre stuff. It's you could just hear no, it in the sound, Yeah. Man. yeah you yeah, can yeah, hear yeah, it in the yeah, sound. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can tell, like, especially some of like, because I, I work a lot more in like the bass music industry, I would say, but um, you, you kind of start to see how like they're almost they're A lot of people like especially like the like the excisions and stuff like they'll say like oh there's no real like blueprint like you just kind of have to like make it happen and like you just you know put yourself out there but it's almost like because so many people have done it now i feel like there's almost like a blueprint starting to kind of like take shape and there's like almost a way that you kind of can go about it um to to make it almost a a faster process than just like taking longer and a lot of people i feel like with i mean even like social media and stuff people want everything like Right now, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, they they don't have the mindset to like play the long game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you've done a wonderful job as, at playing the long game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to play the long game. I'm just I'm just yeah, doing my yeah. thing, you know.
1: But yeah, yeah. I guess I having that and having the ability to like think long term what's going to make your project last. Like, I, I feel like a lot more people who just want results right now, like in like ten years from now, like no one's even going to know who they are. Like they're just like hot. I for, agree, like, man. This, yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. If that's
2: what your if that's what your game plan is, you're not going to know who you are yeah. right in 10 years. Yeah,
1: yeah. What, what do you think has been one of your greatest challenges being, like, an artist that is from a different country? I guess with the way that I'm looking at this is, like, in Canada versus the United States, right? That's our closest country for me. Um, I feel like the Drakes of the world are, like, the people people like that and, like, other genres, obviously. They almost, like, they feel the pressure to, like, make their career happen first in the United States, where, like, you kind of almost took, like, a, a, a different angle on that, where you're just like, I'm just putting out music and I'm from Australia. and. This is what it's going to be. Um, what what has been like one of the main challenges for you being an artist that isn't from like the United States?
2: Um, I think it is kind of is kind of that is 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 like I like my life. I like being chill and making music and stuff. I'm not like mm-hmm. I enjoy touring and stuff, but it's it's actually quite hard for me to go to the states and tour for three four months because I just it just takes it out of me, you know, and like that is. Yeah a huge thing. And like, I don't really want to move to the States because I like Australia. I feel like, yeah. home here, you know, like I'll live in the States for six months or whatever and make, make, make it happen. And then I'll be like completely burnt out, you know, because there's, man, there's so many places to play. There's yes. so much to do. Like, it's just, it doesn't stop and it's, it's crazy and it's good, but it's, it has a toll and like, it has a toll on my creativity as well, I think, because it just drains mm. all your energy out. And like, I want to do it though. That's the thing. Like, whereas Australia, you've, you've got like six cities you can play in and you can only play in once a year. So it's like, you just yeah. do the cities and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to chill out for the rest of the year. Live off that money.
1: <laughs> but, that is pretty crazy. Cause Australia is a much smaller country than the United States, huh?
2: Yeah. So like on, on, yeah. on the, on, the, on the scale, it's the same. But then when you think about the people, it's like 10%, Yeah, 10% of the people in the same landmass. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Did you ever have any
1: pressure to like, feel like you needed to go to other countries to be able oh, to perform more? Sure. Okay, sure. okay.
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I'm feeling it now, but it, like, it's a good thing. And I, and I'm ready, You yeah. know, I'm ready to do it. Yeah. I'm ready to give it a red hot crack, but it is, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, but, it's going to be a freaking roller coaster, man. So, you know, <laughs> and dealing with all the freaking visa shit. Like, I know, like, dude, that ha- is the worst, man. That is the yeah. worst for sure. Especially coming yeah. out of COVID, man.
1: You guys are like, I know a couple other, like, like, I don't know if you know, you know, uh, Sippy, I'm sure she's course, from man. Australia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but just, I, I've been watching her career for a long time too. And I've seen like what she had to go through during COVID and she got stuck in Australia. And like,
2: like yeah. did, how, how did you have to deal with any of that during COVID? Uh, well, my visa expired during COVID. So that's uh, why okay. that was a bit sad. So I was actually meant to be over in the States, make it all happen in 2020 and then, mm. didn't, and then ran out last year. But then, yeah, I was pretty chill because I wasn't trying to come back, you know, but, but that's why I sort of was like, I'll just let it chill out. And I think like now is kind of the time where I should start like looking at the visa again. Yeah. I was actually just over in California a couple of weeks ago. Um, had a blast oh, okay. actually. Yeah. I was up at, in Canada for Shambhala. Okay. Yep. Which was, Did you play Shambhala? Y- yeah. Uh, honestly, that was probably like the greatest experience ever. It was so I've good. heard wonderful things about Shambhala. Oh, Shambla. man. Yeah, you've I've got to go, dude. Things. Holy. Yeah. D- especially if you love bass music, man. It's probably yeah. all time for sure. All time Either sure. that
1: or uh, I'm going to Lost Lines in a couple weeks
2: too. I'm excited
1: for that. Also, it would be, be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: They, asked me to, they asked me to play, but yeah, no, vi- no Visa, man. So I couldn't, uh, I couldn't come over. How,
1: how does that work? How does that like... How do you get a visa? Like how does that process work? Do you have like a specific, yeah, obviously you have a specific amount of time, but then is there like a specific amount of time that you have to wait to get another one?
2: No, but you have to, um, so essentially you have to give them a f- like a four year plan of everything you're going to do when you get your visa. Mm-hmm and you have to have signatures, like we've got signatures from like Skrillex and Diplo, like just to say, the Gen just, is a legit artist, you know, he actually <laughs> yeah. is doing things. And you have like all these newspaper articles from my hometown and like the blog posts and stuff. And you have to like present it all. And, they, and then they say like, yeah, okay, you can come in. Or, yeah. nah, sorry, man, like not, not this time, eh? So, and then once you get it, yeah, it's like a ridiculous amount of money, man. It's like, I think it's like five grand, six grand. But then Holy if you don't shit. want it to take like three, four months, it costs another five grand on top to get it expedited. So it's about like, like 11K. Grand. Oh so yeah, my goodness. 11K, 10K to like get your visa done in a couple, in a month or so. Wow. And then it How lasts you, for three years. Okay, got it. Yeah. How
1: did you get like, because you said you got Skrillex and like dipto yeah, signature just, to like approve. Yeah, How just my, <laughs> my
2: managers, well, like we, my managers used to be really tight with Ausla, So they just like hit him up. I was like, yeah, ah. can, can you just give us some crazy Because I think, they do it for a lot of people, man. I think because everyone needs, yeah. like, you need yeah. that reputable source to show you, like, show the government that, like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is legit. What
1: labels have you, have you released on Osla or what, have who have um, you released no, with we,
2: we almost released um, my stories to tell EP with Asla, but we, we didn't end up okay. doing it. Um, but I've dropped um, with Monster Cat, um, Bitbird. Um, I, I did have a bit of a small dabble in major labels. I worked with, um, umg like universal island records oh wow, yeah um and then a few other like small ones on the side and that but i've been doing it mostly independent that recently and i think that's what i th- thought yeah that's where i want to stay like i like doing the one-offs with the labels but it's just it's tough signing like half your track to a label when you can pretty much achieve the same thing yourself it's just yeah. like you're more just doing it to be part of the team and they part of the community which is which is great but like i obviously want the bulk of my music to owned by by me so i could like, yeah yeah you know of course i, I want to own my own music you know everyone should yeah anyway, i feel like you
1: music. you definitely get a lot more like i don't know certain labels and stuff kind of try and take creative control over you
0: yeah a
2: and little I bit feel
1: like a little bit yeah, yeah i feel like with being a you know releasing more of your stuff on your own and not being so tied to like labels are great obviously it gives it gives smaller artists a chance to you know out something and kind of build a name for themselves but like in your case you're you've already made a name for yourself so it's like it's it's almost easier and you you get more I just think the creative you get more creative freedom yeah
2: you do yeah yeah do. yeah have
1: have you struggled with that at all with like people like kind of trying to tell you like I what direction you should take your I music, yeah. did.
2: and I and I and I had to just cut them out you know I had to cut them out of my out of my life and in my career yeah and it was tough because you know I didn't really even really realize like that's what was happening but like Mm-hmm. the priorities just get a bit skewed, you know, like in, in my case, it was like, Oh, we should be making these songs to be radio friendly and stuff. And it's like, right. That's not even what I want, but like, it was just what we thought was the right move for the career and stuff like that. And then, so that I was sending all these crazy ideas and like my team was just like, nah, this probably isn't it. This probably isn't it. And like, even though I am the team, I was still like listening all to right. these guys cause they're my friends, you know? So I was like, Oh yes. shit, maybe they're right. Like maybe this isn't the right where I should be. We're going and like i ended up getting myself into a creative rut for sure mm. how
1: did you pull yourself out of that
2: well, i fucked him off <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you're, you're yeah. no i just i um well yeah i just i decided that no nah, i don't care about that anymore i'm yeah. just gonna make music for me i'm just gonna do my thing i got rid of them i decided to make planet oasis um and i did it and i put mm-hmm. it out and it's doing which pretty is good. like it
1: was almost like a. It was kind of like a left turn for you, kind of creative. For wise. sure, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was,
2: but a lot of those songs were like songs that I've been sitting on for years and years, and like mm. the team never wanted me to put them out. So I was like, I need to do this for me. I need to put these songs out to the world, show yeah. them, and now I can like move on. And the shit I'm making now is crazy, dude. It's like it's yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. I'm really excited. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited yeah. to hear it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Without naming any names, can you tell me kind of a maybe a story of like a time where like you felt like you were kind of stuck in a box by some of these people. There's been so many
2: times and like, it's not even these people, man. It's, it's myself, you know, it's yourself, okay, it's your yeah. own, allow, it's like, it's just, it you allow to them happen. to affect you. And like, yeah. and I think the, the key is, and like for any artist and like what I've kind of learned from it all is <clears throat> like, cause I don't really have like a specific story because obviously it's just like, it's just like mm-hmm. a gradual thing over time. Like it just, it just kind of like eats away, eats away your creativity. Slow, yeah. And I think like, you just got to remember that, remember why you make music in the first place. And that's what I sort of did. Like it, it took a good friend to tell me like, like, mate, like what are you doing? Like, you're just here to have fun. Like we're just here to make songs. You're not here yeah, to Yeah, you're a making music. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is no rules. <laughs> there's no like, you know, like you can't force that shit. Yeah. And you really can't. And yeah. it's like, as soon as that kind of like clicked back in my brain, I was like, whoa, what the heck? Like, well, where, where have I been for 12 months mm-hmm. or whatever? Um, you you can take feedback from people around you and like, let them, let them help guide you. But like, just remember that you're, you're the boss, it's your music, it's your sound, and it's your outlet. And like, that's, that's all it is. It's your outlet to, for your soul. Honestly, it is, it's your outlet to like create shit, to show everyone for you and for everyone else. Yeah.
1: I think it's hard for a lot of producers, maybe more starting out producers, um, to really understand that concept of like, like they're, they're like, oh, I, I want to work with this management team or like I wish I had a manager I wish I yeah. had this and they like almost kind of put the cart before the horse and yes. it's it's like at the end of the day, you have to remember like you as the artist and and I want I'm going to school. I'm, I'm going to be going to icon to go to their music business. Nice program dude. I want to become a I want to become a manager myself. Awesome. And, you, you know, going into that. I'm like, look, I'm here to work for you. Like whoever I'm managing, like you're the boss. You're the you're in charge yeah. of like. Yeah, If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have a fucking job. So yeah, that's, <laughs> like,
2: right. that's it's right.
1: hard to, for, for some people like to kind of grasp their head around. It's like some artists starting out, it's they almost look at like a manager, like a team as like, oh, they're the boss. I'm working for them. It's like, no, 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 that's the exactly. other way around. <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to
2: take me to the next level or they're going to yeah. show me how it's done. But it's actually the case of like, you already knew what you were doing. You just mm-hmm. need someone there to help you do what you want to do. And that's yep. that's what a manager you just you're just like if you become a manager you're just you're going to be a literally you're going to be a friend you're going to be a uh psychologist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're just going to like help them do what they need to do and like that's that's what yeah. a manager actually is and get the
1: business side done well so get the they, they business done so they can focus yeah. on art exactly yep. exactly yep. Yeah. yeah was it hard for you kind of when that time came to cut out your team was it hard for you to do that because obviously you like you said you're your manager and your team and stuff like they're, they're your friends. It was really hard, man. It was really
2: hard because they are my friends. And like, I had to explain it to them. Like, I know you don't probably, it's kind of like a breaking up with your girlfriend, I guess. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know you probably don't see this coming, but like, I'm creatively blocked right now. I'm not feeling myself. I feel like this isn't working. Like you're not having done anything wrong. You've done everything you think is right, but it's just not right. And they they understood, you know, like it's hard, but they understood because you got to both be in it. You know.
1: are, you, are you with a new team now or are you doing a lot of stuff on your
2: own? Um, right now I'm just doing everything on my own, which has been okay. quite hectic. You know, I'm trying to balance like <laughs> yeah. building shows, making beats, freaking doing DJ sets and then doing my mm. own accounts and everything on the side as well. But it's all right. I'm, I'm talking to a few um, management companies right now and stuff. So I will, I will get a manager and I think I'll get an American manager and I think I'll make it okay. happen over there for a bit. Excellent. You know. Um, yeah,
1: should, uh, I'm wishing all the best for for that for you. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, what do you look for when when you're looking for managers and stuff? Now that you've been through all that and kind of had to cut out a team, like, what yeah. are some changes that you want to see like with someone new?
2: Um, I want to find someone who does have <clears throat> a big team already, like someone who okay. has, you know, a guy for this, a guy for that, a guy for that, a guy for that, and I want someone who is someone that is on the same wavelength as me, not on a business mm. wavelength, like on the creative wavelength. And like, I've been mean, talking to a few guys. Yeah. And like, I've been mean, just, just talking to a few of them, they're like, Oh, you, you should mix like parts of your life that you've never thought of mixing with music before with the music. Cause it makes it like more easy for you to like slide into that content sort of world and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, I never even like thought of it like that. Like I have yeah. I always thought of like doing it, but if, if I can sort of make just a gent, like, more Jake as well. Like more me. Yeah. It's just easier to, to do it, you know? And I never really thought about that. And I think people that helped me find that part of the career as well, because like you said, people know just a gent, but they, they don't know me yet. And, yeah. and, and that's yeah. what I need to figure out how to do.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, yeah, building a building a personal brand like it's you definitely like not everyone has a knack for it, and it's hard to like kind of figure out the puzzle pieces to like okay, yeah, what should I put on display versus like exactly what if, what should I keep private? Like it's yeah. like it's almost a tightrope that you have to kind of walk. Yeah, it actually is for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's, I talk about that a lot though. Like uh, you see, you know, uh, you you know who actually I guess who doesn't really put their personality in, like. Their life on display but who has a gigantic brand is excision for sure man oh yeah, yeah absolutely. like, n- like absolutely. i don't even know like what is jeff like as a person like i don't even know no one know knows excision, like, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's and okay though because how- his shows are so unreal man i think if anyone <laughs> yeah, had a show as good as that. excisions they'd be doing all right yeah true i got to see it at it's unreal man it's such a good show
1: y- yes very yeah. much so how do you feel about like like starting to put more of yourself like on display for people to get to know you like is that something exciting for you or are you kind of nervous about it like are you an introvert or more of an extrovert per, like personality wise uh
2: I'm yeah I'm a bit in between I feel like I'm a bit bipolar okay. with that to be honest I feel like <laughs> I, I, have, I have my extrovert moments and then I have my introvert moments which is why I'm also both nervous and excited to to put yeah. myself out there more but um yeah I don't know I think like it's just it's you know it's just it's a way forward and I think like I don't do enough to be like excision like and people mm-hmm. know me just for my music I don't do enough touring I don't do enough like big big dog shows I don't have right giant dinosaur robots on my screens like <laughs> you know I just right. need like I need yeah I need to I need to do that so people can um yeah find me like me like which I've never even thought of it like that. I've always just been music, 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 music. Yeah. And everyone's telling me like, nah, you're also the brand. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. fuck. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) God damn it, dude. So yeah, like, I don't know. I think I've just got to figure out how I'm going to do it first, man. And then I'll be okay. But like, I'm still like, I don't, I don't even know yet what I'm going to do. Yeah.
1: It's crazy to see like other people, like, um, I don't know if you know who like Jester is. He plays a lot of shows for no, insomniac. Exactly. He's like one, he's like one of insomniacs guys, sick. um, he, but like so him or some other artists that like, are like comedians too, or like, do you know, like taboo? Yeah. I know taboo. he was part of a con. Yeah. yeah. So he kind of like him where like he does stand up comedy. He has it's like a podcast. Like he like does other stuff that he just finds fun. That's like just yeah, him. And then sick. he somehow ties it all back to his music. Like. Perfect. People who are like, who are like are comedians or stuff like that, who are also musicians, I feel like just have it so much easier.
2: <laughs> yeah. It just comes so naturally. Yeah, for sure. yeah.
1: What parts of you do, would you want to put on display? I guess for, for people to get to know more about you.
2: I think I want to like, um, yeah, well, man, that's the thing, right? I think I'm going to sort of just like go all out, just like show them who I am. And then, yeah, and then I sort of figure out like what it is that I want to focus on. Like, cause you know, I don't have specific things. Like I, I love riding motorbikes. I love mm-hmm. renewable energy. <laughs> renewable energy. <laughs> It's
1: hey, not it a big sales like
2: pitch, but yeah, you know, I love, <laughs> I love food. Um, I love weed. I love, uh, I'm on that
1: train for sure. <laughs> yeah. I love, uh,
2: video games, VR, you know, okay. and I think if, well, with the VR thing too, like I, I've been doing a lot of shows in, in virtual reality and like, um, I Interesting. think it, it'd be cool to like, um, have like a virtual avatar and like bring that in a bit more to JAG as well. But like, Dude, that's not really me. Of, yeah. But that's the future. Yeah. Of, that's the future with of the f- society. I everything. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the
1: metaverse and stuff taking off. I mean, that's a, that's forward thinking right there. So
2: yeah. And like, I you know, I've already got a whole like community there, so it's, it's already yeah. ready for me. But then, huh? like, yeah, How, I don't know how are those virtual shows how have those
1: been going i've actually never actually done one i've never been you've never to been to one <laughs> no, they're, no man, man they're,
2: they're unreal they're so cool man it's just you're to have to let me know yeah I'll, let let me know know. No. I'll
1: definitely attend
2: <laughs> they're they're hard because you're djing live and you've got this headset on your face like this so like you're trying to like see <laughs> the decks, and you have to like lift your head up and like try and dj like under the mask and then you can sort of see everyone dancing in their, uh, their avatars like while you're DJing but like there's like a fake decks in front of you in the virtual world but then your real decks weird. are actually there as well so, so you yeah.
1: actually still have you, you still have to mix like normally Life. on your yeah, decks yeah, at home. Yeah, oh. yeah yeah it's all hooked
2: up to it's all That's done over via OBS on into the okay. into the world yep. yeah and then like obviously That's the cool. virtual world's being created by some friends of mine or like whoever makes that virtual world that you go to yeah. and then like it's like a virtual club and you sort of rock up and there's like a merch stand and you go downstairs into the club and the music's like filtered. So when you're like outside, it's like, like just the bass. Choir, and then, yeah, and then yeah, you go yeah. in there and it's like full on in there. And like there's a bathroom and you can like do drugs in the bathroom and like makes your visuals all like crazy <laughs> and shit. Yeah, it's cool, dude. I, I quite like it. And it's obviously just the first sort of iteration of it as well. So it's just like, where it can yeah. go from here is really sick. But I also am very certain that like it'll never replace the real. It'll never replace the real shows. Oh, definitely not. Because you never yeah. get that the feeling in your chest. You never feel people around you like in the in yeah. the room with you. And that's never I like it's, the, yeah.
1: I like the community aspect too. Like actually being able to go outside and like yeah. Smoke a joint or something with someone. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like you don't get that necessarily. Yeah,
2: exactly. I feel you like, don't. yeah, you, know, you can still have yeah. fun and, and it's still a very, it's still a very real social experience. Don't get me wrong. It, it mm-hmm. feels incredibly real. Like this right now is what we're doing right now is nothing on what even just like being in VR. Oh, time someone yeah. is because you have your hand, like, you know, we're right there in, in person. <clears throat>
1: you have more, you have more, uh, uh, senses going off For with sure. VR than you For do, sure. which is yeah.
2: Um, yep. but, but yeah, it doesn't. It's never going to replace the real, the real thing. <laughs> and the real sound of a big system in a club, like you yeah, can't, you not Your headphones are never going to be able to do that, bro. Absolutely.
1: Um, so going back to you, you, you trying to trying to put together a new team. Do you think? And I kind of want to go back to we were talking about your your artwork um, and a lot of your your album yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, do you think you're going to continue on with the same art guy and stuff and try and build him into your team?
2: Um. No. Well. I think John and I will still definitely work together on certain projects and stuff, but I think like my sounds kind of taken a turn, so I think my art okay. needs to take a turn as well a little bit. Like I've got a different sort of vision, and I think John could definitely still deliver. It, but I also have been doing that for like, man, like ten years soon. You know, yeah, like, it's been yeah. fun, but it's like probably time for something a bit different. Next chapter, and like, yeah. and it's been so good doing that because it's been so consistent and stuff. And I think that'll it'll always be my the same um energy coming into the artworks it's just going to be a different sort of take on it i think for sure. Yeah. Sweet.
1: Yeah. So what what realistically what or what would you like the next chapter of of Just a Gent to kind of look like?
2: <clears throat> well, um i think i'm sort of taking a step more to like the the minimal world. i think my my tracks are getting okay. a bit more minimal i think. You know, i've only had one conversation with Flume, and it was when i was young and like he just like tried to grill it into me like less is more, less is more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah. And like 10 years later, I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe he was right. Maybe I should just be like <laughs> taking a way more, less approach to like making music. And I think with my art as well, I want the same sort of thing, like a, okay, I want it to be more impactful, but more minimal. And then the songs as well, like less going on, but, but, but bigger and mm-hmm. more perfected. And I think, I think I'm just trying to achieve that, that like per- perfection i guess and like that's that's more s- spacious i guess spacious is probably yeah. the word i'm looking for more spacious
1: there you go that yeah. that makes sense yeah even though you're going from a space theme but yeah, yeah. it's still space it's still <laughs> gonna be spacey it's always gonna be spacey i mean i just like
2: <laughs> that's you know i feel like our our brains are basically like mini universes man and i just like close my eyes and that's yeah. kind of where i go i kind of just like go into space whatever it may be you know um hell yeah
1: so yeah uh do you do you have a new direction kind of music wise is that I mean other than be making it more simple are you going to stay with the same like kind of trap bass music type of sound or are you <coughs> thinking about I mean
2: yeah it's still you, you
1: do produce other stuff but
2: yeah I think for, for the jag for just a it's got to be um same vein just a bit different a bit okay. more like um refined you know going to shambhala even just like gave me a new perspective on like live music and stuff and
1: Dude, it's crazy once when you go to an event like like I, I, haven't been to. Oh, well, I've been to like tour stops and stuff like that, but I haven't been to a festival. I feel like I really have this effect when I go to festivals. But it almost like it, it puts a new form of like inspiration inside of you. It does. Like when you get back home after a festival, it's just like I'm ready I have so many cool ideas. Like yeah. I want to get to work. I like I want to make this shit happen. Like Dude. it's like
2: a new level of motivation. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. And like yeah. that's what feeds. That's what feeds
2: me as well for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need that shit. Is there a lot of stuff? Is there a lot of stuff in Australia? Like festivals and stuff wise heaps man heaps yeah and we've got some okay. really, some really good ones too um my favorite one's called rabbit seat lettuce and i've had the fortune i've had i've been fortunate enough to play it the last two dope years name. in a row dope name yeah <laughs> mad inspired by like burning man and shambhala but the sick. music the music used to be very psytrance but they started to go more like uh, bass music uh a bit okay. and like now it's like becoming really really sick man so that's dope yeah awesome
1: do you, are you working on uh going you know talking about music are, are you do, doing a new album is that I think Yeah you so that
2: up? <clears throat> yeah. I've got um like two albums in the works um so I'm okay. doing like a mixtape which is like kind of a it's it's kind of a mixtape it's just like um mad beats like by far the best beats I've done but like they're not really going to be that like singly. they're not going to be that many vocals on them and stuff it's just going to be like okay. these, the craziest beats you've heard like from me about like in a, in a, in a mixtape sort of format. And then I'm going to do an album, um, maybe next year or the, the year after. And it's like way more heavy hitting, like singly stuff. Yeah. Awesome.
1: How far along are you in the writing process of these?
2: The mixtapes pretty close. The mixtapes pretty okay. close. I reckon I could have that done by the end of the year and then put it out early next year. Sweet. And then, awesome. and then for the album, I don't know. I, the thing the is, man, I might that. change my mind <laughs> yeah. at, a, at a point. I <laughs> one, but, um but uh, there's, I've got like a collection of the like 18 tracks and I'm, I'm going to scale it back obviously to probably, I don't know, however many, I'll pick the best ones, chuck That's some cool. other ones in the vault. <laughs> yeah. Never to be well, heard again. How do you,
1: you, have all this music written, but like, how do you choose what songs go on? It's probably a, not you?
2: a good way of doing it, but I pretty much just like choose the ones that if I listen to them, you know, I listen to them all a million times. I just. I put out the ones that I still like hearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's just my but, opinion though. That's the downside because I know that like everyone likes different stuff, but
1: mm-hmm. it's like,
2: for me, if I put out shit that I don't want to hear anymore, it's just, like annoying. Cause then I have to like play it out to people and <laughs> I
1: don't <laughs> that, want to hear That's it. what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You have to put out music that you are okay hearing a yeah. million and a half times. Yeah. And that's,
2: that's kind of what I've, what I've done for a long time. But then like with with, with this mixtape, I'm kind of just like doing it. I'm doing it. I'm just doing the mixtape. I'm just like putting it out. And I think just, it's gonna yeah. pay off. I think it's gonna pay off a lot. Um You you released your what was the last album that you released? It was called Planet Oasis ago, right? Yeah, it was in yeah. April. Okay.
1: Yeah, that, that was the yeah. That was uh and then what was Element thirteen was on It was on a what, record called
2: Autopilot and that was <laughs> that's like right. twenty yeah, yeah twenty the start of twenty twenty.
0: And okay, then yeah.
2: I did like an EP before that called HTTP EP. I did what the Monster Cat one called Urca, and then I did Stories to Tell, which was like my first like little mini like album thing, which was 2016.
1: Yeah. Why do you prefer to do the uh, the album slash EP kind of full projects than <clears throat> like just releasing singles? Like a lot of the people, is that? I mean, I don't know. It could just be an American thing, but I feel like a lot of artists in America like they're like single single, single, single like single, oh single. new single new single new single like every couple yeah. of weeks how do you decide or how did you decide or why do you like doing more of the full length stuff
2: um i think when i'm when i'm in uh i go through like those kind of like phases right like it's like a season and i feel like i've been in the season i've made all these songs like they've got a mm-hmm. sound they've got a cohesiveness to them like put them out as singles doesn't really make sense when they all sound like similar so it's like you put them out I still put them out as a couple of singles first and then like, yeah, and then I'll like, I'll choose the best ones, put them out as singles and then I'll choose the other favorites and I'll just be like, slap them on there with it. It's a project, it's done. And now like there's a body of work there. It's like, it tells a story. It's not just a single, like to listen to it. Yeah. It's not just a song. It's a, it's a book. <laughs> it's not just a page, okay. it's a book. I yeah. think it's
1: cool too. Cause like, I, I don't know. I feel like with a lot of people releasing singles and stuff. Like they might have a couple of songs that like really stick with people, but it's like here today, gone tomorrow. But like yeah. with an album and it's like, it's like people actually like come take back the to time it. to listen through it and come back to it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I that's think, I smart. think that's another reason, another reason why, cause it just, it's easier to come back to, to a record. Yeah. But yeah, the singles are fun too, man. And like, I don't know, I, I guess it depends on what you're trying to do as well. Yeah. If you're trying to, if you're trying sure. to make, if you're trying to make it a business it's like, it makes the most sense to do singles because Spotify loves singles. Apple music loves singles. They eat that shit up. Yeah. Right? They'll put that in the playlists yeah. and then you drop an album they might put one song in a playlist and then the rest of the album just gets like no support at all.
1: Well, that, which is smart the way, you, I mean, that's why kind of a rollout plan is smart to do too, or like yeah. you're releasing a couple, a single here, single there, yeah. get people like excited for what the next body of work is. Yeah. And then, you know, then with that, it's like, you're kind of having the best of both worlds. Cause obviously that's still going to come out with the album, but you're still able to be releasing singles and stuff to where people can exactly y- your music who have maybe made have never heard your music before. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're almost at an hour now, so we'll, we'll start Damn, wrapping dude, up. What but, the uh, heck?
2: It's been an hour. Yeah, yeah, right?
0: what? <laughs> yeah, <almost. laughs>
1: uh, what else is uh, coming up for your project? What What can we, uh, is there anything you want to tease other than some of the new directional work
2: that you're working on? Or um, Look, man, there's nothing. Any big shows coming it, honestly, up? Honestly, not really, not really. No, nah, no. Nah, nah. I got some time before I got shows. I got, yeah, sweet. I got some shows later in the year, but like nothing over your way, nothing, no big festivals, yeah. but like, yeah, just keep an eye out for the, for the mixtape, you know, that I'm going to be dropping that soon. I might actually put up a, uh, actually, yeah, I do. I'm going to put up my Mr. Blue Sky flip soon. I'm not sure oh, when, sweet. but it's done and I'm like ready to put it up on SoundCloud and I don't know when I'm going to do it. So, <laughs> but it's so good. It's so hype and I'm so excited to put that out. Hell yeah but that's that's so, i don't yeah that's that's the only tease i really got right now everything else is so in the works so yeah
1: yeah yeah are you are you going to be re- releasing that just on soundcloud or are you going to be doing spotify and all that
2: i'll drop it on soundcloud and i'll hit up i'll hit up uh, old jeff lin see if he wants to put it on spotify but he he probably won't get back to me so we'll give it a go yeah. <laughs> i'll try i'd like to get it on spotify for sure that'd be sick yeah yeah
1: do you use, is there are, do you have access to like distrokid and all, all that stuff do you yeah yeah I've got, so i've
2: got one okay. called um i use one called gyro stream which is an okay. australian based um, company. I do have a couple of tracks out on, on distro um, okay. but it's just nice having an Australian distributor because the money comes in an AUD. I don't have to like pay some bullshit like tax. And then also like, I've got someone on the ground here. If there's anything wrong, we're on the same time zone. So I can call him mm-hmm. rather than sending him an email and then waiting three days for him to get back. Like with, yeah, with we- distro kid, for example, like no one even gets back to you. It's all ran by bots. So it's like impossible to get anything done. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you got an
1: issue. It's like it's, it's like fault. it's you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. if, if there's an issue, nothing, <laughs> nothing's
2: getting fixed, man. Honestly, it's like Spotify's <laughs> fault if it's wrong. Uh, yeah. Fun stuff. Fun awesome stuff, man.
1: Uh, before we get out of here, uh, some wrap-up questions. Yeah, man. Uh, what advice would you give someone starting out um, in music production to help them create a long and meaningful career? What would you advise someone who's just starting out?
2: Be yourself and don't doubt your vibe.
1: Excellent. I love that answer. Uh, where can people find you, and how can they support you, other than well, obviously listening to your music?
2: <laughs> you can just listen to my music, honestly. I've got you know, yeah. I've got the socials, but I'm not, you know. You can follow me there if you want on Just a Jan on socials. Yeah. But like, I'm gonna start streaming soon, actually. So like, keep an eye out for that. I'll, I'm gonna do some like production stuff. I'm gonna show people like. Sorry. I'm gonna finally give people some insight into like what I do and how I do it. Um, but yeah, just listen idea. to my music, <laughs> please. Awesome.
1: Any, uh, are you, are you going to be streaming any of your, uh, your gaming stuff?
2: Probably not. I mean, maybe. I might stream no. some VR stuff. I'm a bit of a badass with a lightsaber in VR, so maybe I'll, I'll stream <laughs> some of that, but I might get banned <laughs> off Twitch for the, the psychopath tendencies that I might have when I have a lightsaber in my hand.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome. Final question before we get out of here. Ask this question to everyone who's on the show. There is one piece of advice that you could tell yourself when you first started making music. What
2: would that be? Shit. Oh, man. I think I wish I could talk to myself back then now. I wish I could always get advice from that Jake back then because I was on something else, man. I think it's just being a child as well. I feel like you just have this like drive that you just don't have as an adult. But I feel like... Where I, where I went wrong was I started listening to other people too much. So I think I would just tell him, don't, don't listen to other people. Like trust your, trust yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> trust, awesome. you know, like, you know, what you know what's right, Jake. You know what's right. Awesome, man. Thank
1: you so much for your time today. And uh, I'm you. so happy that we were actually able to make this happen.
2: <laughs> Me too, man. Thanks so much.
0: I want to give a big thank you to Justin Jent for being on the pod today. Everyone, please go check out his music if you haven't, and keep your eyes peeled for that new mixtape that we'll be releasing later this year. Also, please make sure to follow, subscribe, to stay up to date on all of our episodes. We release a new episode every single Friday, even though we have been off the past couple of weeks, but I promise that is all behind us now. If you enjoyed this episode, throw up a post on social media, tag both Justin Jent and Underground Society, and let them know how much you liked it. The link to both of our social media accounts are in the description. Have a beautiful week, guys.